You do know what you want. And when you pick up on that information, when it is a whisper, before it's a bang, that is when opportunities will easily enter your life. Hey you, you're listening to Not Yet, the podcast about our relationships and how they're the keys to our self-discovery. I'm your host, Paige Polk. I'm a community builder and Emmy award-winning digital media artist, channeling the powers of introspection. You're in the right place if you're mindful about the world you create and believe it's possible for us all to belong. I'm so grateful you're here. Now let's start the show. We've been taught to believe that we are thinking beings who sometimes feel, but actually we are feeling beings who sometimes think. This is a quote from Brene Brown's Atlas of the Heart, and it beautifully encapsulates what we're going to talk about today, which is diving into your intuition. What does it really feel like and how can you use it to build the life that as is as expansive as you are? This is something that I work with you on one-on-one if you join me for mindfulness coaching. But I also wanted to give you a little sneak peek at what the process looks like. Maybe the time isn't right right now for you to do one-on-one coaching, or maybe you're trying to learn a little bit more about the process because you are interested. Either way, this podcast is going to be helpful for you when you're trying to dive into the lived experience in your body, the sensations, the emotions that are guiding you toward the life that you really do want. The foundation of your intuition is stillness. It is a practice of being present and mindful in the moment. There are lots of different ways to be mindful. There are so many different methodologies across different cultures around the world because spirituality is something that we all share. It is an investigation, sometimes an interrogation of our lived reality, and it's ultimately a celebration of the fact that we're all connected. But how do you really tap into the fact that we're all connected? You kind of got to stop moving. There's a lot of things going on in life, whether it is maybe a sick loved one or a billboard that pops up every single time you drive home from work or a plant that your cat continues to chew on, even though you keep telling them this is not food. There's so many things going on in the world around you and it can be hard to quiet down, but it can also be very simple. When you recognize that the way that you quiet your mind is unique to you, it's as special as you are. Meditation is what works for me. And what that looks like is every single morning after I tend to my immediate needs, whether that is getting a glass of water, maybe stretching my body a little bit after being you know, still for eight, nine hours, I walk over to my couch, I sit crisscross, open up my hips, I close my eyes and I breathe. I look into the sensations I'm feeling in my body. Maybe it's agitation. Maybe it's excitement. Maybe it's nervousness. Who knows what it is? And I just let it be. That is my practice. But there are so many ways to be present in the moment. It can look like walking, being silent, listening to or making music, dancing, yoga, folding clothes, 
as you build your meditation or your mindfulness practice, you are going to begin identifying life moments all around you that give you a buffer for your thoughts so your soul can come through. What happens when someone asks you if you want a corn dog? You likely have one of three responses, either exhilaration because you love corn dogs, disgust because you can't stand corn dogs, or ambivalence because you don't really eat corn dogs like that, but you can see the appeal. The same clarity of thought that you can have around whether you're going to eat or not eat a corn dog, you can have about absolutely anything in your life if you allow yourself to really think what you want to think. This clarity is what happens when you release judgment over the things that you really want to have, really want to experience, really want to embody in your life. The corn dog is a wonderful example because it's low stakes. Things get complicated once you start incorporating complex or challenging emotions into the mix because as you know, as I say, all emotions are data. They are your body's way of leaning you in a direction or away from something in your life that's either working for you, not working for you, or getting you to think a little bit differently about how you can show up in the world. Which brings me to the next layer that is on top of a consistent meditation practice. And that's reminding you that you do know what you want and you do know what you don't. A fun and enlightening exercise that I give to my clients is writing down 50 things that you don't like and 50 things that you do on a piece of paper with a pen or pencil. Personally, I recommend a pen or a marker because it encourages you to be cutthroat and really allow what you think about your life to just be. You don't have to judge it. So Something that I wrote down that surprised me when I did this exercise myself is that I don't like stepping on crumbs on the floor in my house. So especially in my kitchen, you know, like when you're chopping vegetables or maybe you're eating a cracker, there's like crumbs that fall on the floor and we don't wear shoes in my house. So when those crumbs are on the floor, I feel them on my feet and it drives me crazy. The fact that it drives me crazy did surprise me. The fact that it drives me crazy and I wasn't doing more things to mitigate the fact that it drives me crazy is what surprised me. There are so many things in our life that we aspire to or dream about or even hate or can't tolerate that we don't give the necessary attention to just because there are a lot of distractions. When I was able to write down that I don't like crumbs on the floor or touching my feet, that is when I was able to mentally prioritize sweeping the floor in my kitchen after I clean it. I don't know what block I had when it came to sweeping the floor in my kitchen. I think it's just kind of a, a menial task and I would have flashbacks of sweeping the floor in my kitchen every day when I was growing up and I was like, I don't want to do this anymore, but I'm not 12 years old. <laughs> 
I'm not 12 years old. This kitchen is my own. I do not have to have crumbs on my feet. And just acknowledging that I don't like them, writing them down and seeing that in front of my face was like, oh, I'm making this decision for me. I'm making this decision for my life. It's not because of uh, control or obligation. It's because I deserve better for my own life. A similar thing can also happen when you were writing down the things that you do like. These do not have to be huge experiences like, oh, I love traveling internationally. First of all, that can totally be one. But it's really helpful to begin with the small things, the things that are low stakes, things that you don't have a strong emotional attachment to, because that's going to build your muscle of being able to recognize the things that you want and don't want in your life. Especially as kids, if you were taught in a kids should be seen but not heard environment like many of us have been, there are a lot of things that you wanted in your life that people just told you no, 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 no. And then you stopped asking and then you stopped recognizing what it felt like to desire. That is the thing that we're trying to recognize and rebuild and cultivate that honest, instinctual feeling of knowing what you want. Because you do know what you want. Your body is telling you all the time and the sensations you have and the emotions that you feel. And we're just going to regenerate that together. I said this once, I'll say it again. Be cutthroat about what you're writing down. Unapologetic, because it's your life. So if you're not going to be picky about it, who else is going to curate the experiences? So you've written down the things that you want, the things that you don't. It's possible that things get a little bit muddy because there are some things that you like sometimes, but you don't other times. Or there are some things that you like in moderation, but you don't like a ton of. And this is where life gets extra fun. And we start to make peace with cycles and endings. What would happen if you trusted that when you lost interest in an experience, it was time for you to go. If you believed that there was nothing wrong with you or the friend or the job or the hobby, but that your body was just letting you know early on to be aware of your pull towards something else. Interest is the first sign for you. That other thing that you could be pulled toward could be another opportunity, it could be another project, it could just be rest because you need to recalibrate your body. How many times have you pushed yourself to be interested in something that you really do not care about and it blows up in your face? It's probably happened a lot. That's because your brain and your body are telling you what to do. You just have to listen. You'll feel the signs to move on quietly before you feel the pangs in a really loud or disruptive way. Life isn't out here trying to punish you. Life is out here happening for you. So what happens if you just work with it? This is definitely a process and it will always change. And the key to doing that consistent everyday work of being in the present moment and recognizing what's working for you and what isn't is to remember what is always true. Remember what your identity is and what is not you. Your interests are not your identity. If it can change, it's not you. 
what would you say if I told you that your interests or your passions, even your ideologies are external? The reason that you hold on to things that are no longer meant for you is because you're terrified that when you lose it, you'll be losing a part of yourself, but you won't. You'll just be moving into a new abundant expression of you. So don't hold on so tight, buttercup. You can keep it moving. So to recap, you're trying to understand what your intuition feels like so you can embrace how multi-passionate you are. You can embrace your adventurous spirit and also feel in alignment with the life that you're building. Step one, you got to have a meditation practice. Whatever it looks like for you, it can be as creative or as passive or as active or as nuanced as you want it to be, but you got to have a space of stillness so that your brain and body can do what they do best, which is guide you. Next, I need to remind you that you know what you want and you know what you don't. You got to trust that for yourself and you got to learn that for yourself. There's going to be a lot of obstacles in your way that you've definitely experienced by now. And there's going to continue to be obstacles in the future that are going to show you by contrast what you do not want. And that's okay. Just take that information for what it is and keep it moving. It doesn't have to change how you feel about yourself. It doesn't have to change how you want to interact with the world around you. It can just be information that's guiding you in one way or another. Next is you got to make peace with cycles. You got to make peace with endings. Things are going to end. You will end in your body, in a sense. Like, you're going to die. <laughs> like, we're all going to die. The plants around you will die. Or, But that death is just a translation into a new chapter of life. And that is the same for all of the cycles that you have. Just because a moment in time is ending does not mean that you will spontaneously combust. It does not mean that you will lose everything. It is an opportunity for a more well-rounded experience of this very abundant earth. And would you really want to live a life that is the same every single day anyway? Probably not. And lastly, you gotta remember who you are. If it can change, it is not you. And you can always come back to that reality to ground yourself in the present moment and <laughs> just keeps looping when you get back to the meditation practice. Ah, I hope that this is helpful for you as you continue in your own adventurous journey. Keep on dreaming out there. And if you want to join me for your own mindfulness coaching session, please go to notyetseries.com. You can learn more about what the process looks like, read up on it, and even schedule your first call with me. Thanks for listening. And I hope you enjoyed today's episode of Not Yet. The podcast is hosted by me, Paige Polk, and produced by Paige Polk International. The show art is made by Elizabeth Olguin, and the music is by Elder. Don't forget to subscribe here. And... If you want more of this love in your life, visit notyetseries.com to join the Not Yet Project and community. I'll see you next week.